Welcome to New Catholic Church. You're listening to this week's sermon by Pastor Daryl Finkson. Uh, and we have a testimony that Corey Harris is going to share with us that dovetails perfectly into the message that Pastor Daryl is about to bring. I'm going to stand down here if that's okay. I, I, the first service I get to stand down here. That's true. That's true. Um, so last um, Sunday, uh, Pastor Daryl, after he uh, preached, he... Um, he, you know, he encouraged us to, to hear what God was saying and respond to that. And so I talked to uh, Pastor Chris about sharing this with you. And as I went home this week and I was telling my wife what I was going to do, she reminded me, you've already shared that at the men's breakfast. And I, so if you were at the men's breakfast, I apologize. You can be like the rest of my family and say, we've heard that story before because they say that a lot. Um, but anyway, um, this past week um, was the two-year anniversary of our daughter Hadassah's um, bicycle accident. And um, what happened, just real quickly, she, she got hit by a, um, a car. She, went, uh, she was going down the driveway of a friend's house. She went over the uh, hood up on top of the roof and then on down the trunk. And uh, the, the neatest thing was our, our son was there, Asher, and, and um, he told us, he said, uh, Mom, Dad, I saw God catch her before she hit the ground. And um, so in that, she only suffered a, um, a, what's it called, a buckle fracture, which was not that big of a deal. She was like in a brace for a couple of weeks. But in retrospect, it could have been so much worse than what it was. And so I, I think when you have moments like that, you, you, know, you kind of grapple with things. And, 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 and it was a good result. But I was just, I was praying that night to God. And two years prior to this, uh, my wife Rachel, she had had a friend whose son had died in a four-wheel accident. And so as I was praying that night, I was like, you know, why? I know this sounds so bad, but I was like, why did you allow Hadassah to live? And, and Warren didn't. And, and God spoke to me. You know, this is the second time God had ever spoke to me. And he, and he said, I want you to expect that from me. And um, I was like, man, that sounds so irreverent, you know, to think that way. Um, because I know I don't like, I don't mind doing stuff for people, but I don't want you to expect me to do stuff for you. Um, but then I realized that, that God wasn't, it wasn't like that expectation that your kids have, hey, where's my dinner? Or, you know, take me to somewhere. It, it was this, God wanted me to have this expectation that he knows what's best for me at all times. So whether that is to spare my daughter's life or not, that's what's best for me. So as I told the first uh, service, I'd like to say that I'm a, a Joshua and a Caleb and after that experience, I was ready to go into the promised land and, and conquer the giants. Um, unfortunately, I'm more like the, the ten other spies who are like, this is too big. I can't do this. And I, I feel like that that's where I've spent the last two years. So um, fast forward to, to um, August or July, uh, my wife Rachel went to a, um, a conference in, at Gateway Church in Southlake. In which two things happened. She received healing for a chronic disease that she'd been dealing with. And um, she also got a word from God that he wanted us to, to end our food business. And uh, we had a small catering business that was helping us out financially. And, and she felt like that God was telling her that we needed to end that. It, it, it was just causing some issues, just you know, time spent with family and that kind of stuff. It was just a big strain on her health and stuff. And so um, she felt like God wanted her to, to start working more with, with real estate. 
And I was like, uh, I'm not sure about that because you know how real estate is. It's, you know, hit and miss and you just never know. And so I was like, that may have been the word that you received. I'm not like Pastor Daryl who listens to Connie when, when she tells him. I'm more like, that may have been the word you received, but that wasn't the word that I received. And so as I was telling the first service, I'm more like Balaam. You know, whether God's going to bless it or not, I'm going to push down that path. And I'm going to make things happen. So for about six months, I continued um, to to go to work as assistant principal at, a middle, at our middle school here and then come home and, and do our food business. And it continued just to take a strain on our family, on my time with my kids, on my health. You know, at the time when you're dealing with stressful situations, you don't know you're dealing with stress. But then you get out of it and you're like, man, that was a lot of stress. Um, so anyway, um, in February, my donkey finally came, for those of you who know the story of, of Balaam, uh, my donkey finally came, and we were, my brother and I were out at the golf course, and for most of my golf, um, golfing, I don't want to say career, but time I've played golf for the last 35 years, I've been able to carry my clubs when I play golf, we don't ride in the cart. Well, recently, as I've gotten older, I've had to start using a, a uh, push cart. Well, that day I forgot my push cart, and so I carried my clubs Man, I got done. I was just like exhausted. I'm like, I should not be this tired. And I started to realize, you know, this, what I'm doing, the amount of work I'm doing, it, it's, it's taking a toll on my health. I'm not able to exercise. It, again, it's doing damage to my family. And so I started praying to God that night. I was just like, man, I mean, we just, I need to do something. I need something to happen. Um, and, you know, but I just don't know that, that we need to end our business. And, and then this the third time God spoke to me. He said, Either you trust me or you don't. And, and um, you know, I, I think sometimes God, he, he deals with us in different ways. Sometimes he has to be more blunt with us. And I'm not going to say, you know, since February that it's been all, you know, easy for me. But as I struggle, but Pastor Darrell was talking to us about in our, in our class, I start pressing in, you know, to the Holy Spirit. And I continue to hear that word. Either you trust me or you don't. Um, so yesterday I was, um, I was lifting weights as I, I get to work out now since I don't have the food business to deal with. And I was lifting weights and I, I started realizing, um, you know, we're born with every muscle that we're ever going to have. Um, our muscles, you know, I, I've heard of stories of children, especially in Eastern Europe where they, where they were left to lay in cribs and they don't get any, um, you know, exercise or anything like that and their muscles atrophy if we don't use our muscles you know they atrophy you know if, if we if we work out we get stronger you know we can do you know some i mean i hit the golf ball farther now than i was a couple of months ago pastor Dale, because i've been getting to work out so and i i feel like that's how we are with our faith when, when we're born into christ we have all the faith that we need we have to use that faith in order to strengthen that faith. And as we strengthen our faith, um, we can continue to do great things for God. Um, I wanted to read the scripture real quick. It's out, I, I read the message because, sorry, because it's easier to understand. Um, but in Hebrews chapter 11, uh, 1 and 2, it says, The fundamental fact of existence is that this trust in God, this faith, is the firm foundation under everything that makes life worth living. It's our handle on what we can't see. The act of faith is what distinguished our ancestors, set them above the crowd. Thank you. Thank you, Corey. Well, good morning. 
If you have your Bibles, I want you to turn to Romans chapter 10. Romans chapter 10. And like I always say, we'll get there in a minute. You know that I have to say something else before we get there. We're in a series called uh, Authentic Faith, Real Faith for Real Life. Four times in the Bible, you'll find these words, the just... Those who are right with God will live by faith. The reason how we got to this series as we were talking about where we were headed and things like that. We were talking about I was believing that God was having me to preach on faith or to teach on faith. And I kept hearing this one sentence. It just kept coming back every time I would pray about it. When I would look at the scripture or something, this one sentence would come back. All that believes is not faith. All that believes is not faith. So we're looking at biblical faith. And it's different. And I think sometimes that's what gives us some uh, difficulty is because we tend to try to put what we define as faith as biblical faith. And we have a, we struggle with it because there's two kinds of faith. There's natural and biblical. We all have natural faith. It's faith that is learned by experience. Not that we're necessarily conscious of it, but it's part of our life. It is human trust. We practice natural faith every day. You've heard the illustration about the chair. You you practice faith by sitting in a chair. You believe that it's going to hold you up and it proves to be true. Those That's natural faith. We fly by faith. Some people are not flying as much as they used to lately because of all the things that's happening in the air. But we fly by faith. You trust that when you get that ticket, get on that plane, you're going to arrive at the destination. One of the riskiest is when we're not feeling well. (laughs) We go to the doctor and he tells us we have a disease we've never heard of. He writes a prescription we can't read for a medicine whose name we can't pronounce. And we take it to a druggist who gives us a bottle of pills that tastes like poison. And we take it. And if we don't feel better soon, we get it refilled. That's faith. Have you noticed the commercials lately for drugs on, you know, they're advertising this drug that's going, it's just the thing you need. And they spend 10 seconds telling you how great this is for you. And then the next three minutes they tell you all the things that could happen because of it. That's natural faith. We all live by natural faith, but biblical faith is something altogether different. Biblical faith is more than just transferring natural faith to spiritual things. Biblical faith is not believing something, it's believing someone. Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness. But how do we come to know and respond to God with biblical faith? And there's one word I want to focus on this morning and that's revelation. Revelation. Faith, I believe biblical faith is 
the response to Revelation. It's our response to Revelation. So we're going to talk about Revelation this morning. Faith, this is my definition of faith. Faith is man's active response to the present tense revelation of God. Faith is my active response to the revelation of God. I want you to look at verse 17 of Romans 10. One little verse. I'm teaching, Pastor, and I get to take one verse and preach a whole sermon on it. Romans 10, 17. I'm going to read out the New American Standard. It says, So faith comes from hearing, and hearing by the word of Christ. I want you to notice that word. Faith comes. Faith comes. Faith, biblical faith, is not something that is naturally resident in man. Faith, the word comes in my Bible and on the screen, it's in italics, right? Italics, when you see italics in Scripture, in the English translations, italics means that they've, they've put a word in that is not the literal translation of the Greek, but it's the word that will help you better understand or convey the message that is in the original. The word comes is a trans, translation or an indication of a Greek word called ek, ek, ek. The word ek in Greek means out of or out from. And it's a word that speaks to origin. So when it says faith comes, it means that faith originates from something. It comes, it comes by something. It comes through something. It comes out of something or out from something or someone. Faith comes, and then it says by hearing. And the word hearing in the original is akeo. The ability, and it has three basic in, interpretations or three way it's tr- ways it's translated or indicated in scripture. Akeo, hearing means that you have the ability to hear. The second is that it is the act of hearing. In other words, you're listening. And the third is what you've heard or what is heard. So all three are included in that one word, hearing. And what is heard and what you're hearing, it says, and hearing by the word of God or the word of Christ. Now, when you hear the term word of God, 90% of us immediately think, well, do you believe the word of God? And they pick up their Bible, right? You, do you believe the, the word of God? You think scripture, Scripture. Well, the word for Scripture is graphe. We get our word graph from it. Graphe. Graphe means the writings. The writings. That which is put down. It is the Word of God because God said it, but it's been written down. The writings. But that's not the word used here in Romans 10, 17. Romans 10, 17 uses a different word. There's two Greek words that's used for word. The first one is Lagos. John chapter 1 verse 1. In the beginning was the Word, the Lagos of God. And the Word was God, the Lagos. The word Lagos is the compilation of a thought or a message or a discourse. Okay? In other words, when it, it, 
when referring to the Word of God, it means the total revelation of God. All that God has spoken to man in revelation. All that He said. All that is recorded. It is the logos. We get our word logic. It's compiled. It's put together. It has a pattern. Jesus, John 1, 1, is saying that Jesus is the entire revelation of God. He was with Him in the beginning, and He is God. And so, all of that to say... I'm taking this one verse. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God or Christ. The word there used in scripture is the second word that's translated word and it's rhema. And this is the word Paul uses in Romans 10:17. The rhema. The rhema is the spoken word from the word. In other words, it is it is the, well, let me say it this way. Logos is the message. Rhema is the message spoken. Logos is the content of the message. Rhema is the communication of that message. In Logos, the emphasis is on substance. In Rhema, the emphasis is on speech. Logos is the entire message of the Bible. Rhema is a word from the Bible. The word that Paul uses is rhema here. Some translations literally read that they come and hearing by the message of Christ. And it gives the impression that Paul is referring to the message about Jesus or the gospel that the preacher delivers. If, if he had used logos, that would have been no doubt that that's what he's referring the message to. But he doesn't use logos, he uses rhema. And Rhema suggests something more. In this context, it is literally saying that you are hearing the Rhema, the spoken, the utterance of Christ. That faith comes, comes out of hearing, and hearing, that which you're hearing, is the utterance of Christ Himself, who is God. Okay? All of that is going to kind of... I want you to understand that biblical faith is a gift of God. Ephesians 2.8 says, For we've been, we are saved by grace through faith, and that not of ourselves. It's the gift of God. Faith, believing faith, biblical faith, comes from hearing the utterance of Christ. Faith comes by hearing the actual voice, utterance, word of Jesus Christ. And Paul makes a, a careful distinction here between preaching and hearing. There must be preaching. By the foolishness of preaching, God's chosen to say. You understand? But preaching doesn't produce faith. Hearing produces faith. Okay? Don't... I look at some of your eyes and you're, you're getting bored with this. This is going to get exciting, I promise. It's hearing. And hearing's not the hearing of the preacher's message, but rather the utterance of Christ, the voice of Christ speaking through the message. 
I don't know how many times as being a pastor, being a preacher, how many times somebody's walked out and said, I loved it when you said da-da-da, and I didn't say it. But they heard it. And what stood out to them is what they heard, not what I said. Faith comes by hearing. And hearing by the word, the utterance of Christ. Now, God may use a tool, a teacher, a writer, a preacher, but that person is a tool and not a source of the message. The living Word is the one and only source of spiritual faith. A person may hear clearly the preacher's message about Christ, but unless he also hears the accompanying utterance of Christ to his heart, there can be no biblical faith. Well, you say, well, what about verse 14? It says, how shall they call on him in whom they've not believed? And how shall they believe in him on whom they've not heard? Of him whom they have not heard. And how shall they hear without a preacher? With the New American Standard, I believe, translates this more accurately. It says, how will they believe in him whom they have not heard? It implies that they have not heard him. This also is confirmed by Paul in Ephesians 4.20 and 21. He says, but you did not learn Christ in this way if indeed you have heard him. Not heard about him. Not heard a message about him. But heard Him. And you've been taught in Him just as truth is in Jesus. Well, preacher, what about the Bible? 2 Timothy 3.16 says all Scripture is given by inspiration of God, right? All Scripture is breathed out by God, the ESV says. The word inspiration means God breathed. If I were to blow... Or breathe out, and you were to capture my breath in a test tube, you would find my DNA in that breath, that exhalation. When God gave us the scriptures, He breathed out. The DNA of God is in the Word, but it's not the written, you understand? It's not the book. It's the message, it's the breath, it's the life that's on the book, in the book, through the book. You hear, so it's not, you can know the Bible and have great faith, and you can know the Bible and have no faith. It's not the knowing of it, it's the hearing it that brings faith. Hearing it. As we take in the words of Scripture, the breath or the Spirit of God is breathing life into it and it's, it, and speaking its life-filled words into our lives. That's why when you can have read something a hundred times and then you read it one more time and all of a sudden there's this, oh my, aha, I saw something I'd never seen before. What had happened is the Spirit of God has illumined something. He has spoken a word, an utterance of Christ that has come to your spirit. And now you see something you haven't seen. You've heard something you didn't know. 
It doesn't do away with Scripture, what I'm talking about. In fact, I think by knowing the Word of God, it gives the Holy Spirit things He can say to you that is absolutely trustworthy and abundant, I think. Okay, faith comes by the utterance of Christ. Well, how does this work? I'm going to get as practical as I know how. How does it work? How does faith come from hearing and hearing how does God speak to us? God speaks first and foremost spirit to spirit. What I'm saying is this. Well, Jesus said it. God is a spirit. And they that worship Him must worship Him in what? Spirit and truth or reality. God speaks first to your spirit. When you have the aha, what I think the aha happens first is in your spirit. You don't know what you've seen, but you've seen something and it's left in within you. God speaks to your spirit. He speaks to the inner man. He speaks within and when God speaks to you, it's not, it's more than just information, it's revelation. The difference here is dramatic. Information changes what you think. Revelation changes what you believe. It changes the way you see. And when God speaks first to your inner man, it's, I believe it's probably pre-verbal. First. Speaks to your spirit. It's not verbal. It's not mental. It's not. It's spiritual. It's pre-verbal. Now it doesn't stay that way, and I think it happens almost instantaneously. The pre-verbal inspiration or the the hearing then runs through your mind, your will, and your emotions. You have this oh my, or this new thought, and it goes through a process by which. You come to know how to express it. You hear before you know how to express it, but God speaks to your spirit, it moves through your soul, which translates it into something you can process. And the process, I believe, is different from everybody. There's uh, at least three kinds of learners, science tells us. When God speaks to you first, some of you are visual learners. In other words, you process information in pictures. God speaks to your spirit and you see in a picture, in picture form, you see something which you can interact with. We call it visions. <laughs> you can have visions, you can have dreams. You see it. God says something, but you see it. What he's doing, he's communicated something to your spirit and you first see it. Then it goes through the process by which you describe what you've seen. And you begin to think about what that picture means to you. You understand what I'm saying? It's a process. There was something that spoke to your spirit and now you've processed it through a picture. Now many of you use pictures to talk. When you, if you're going to tell me something, you're going to describe something. You're going to explain it because you're going to tell me a picture. That's why some people can't listen to you. 
It takes so long for you to describe the picture just because here comes up the next. Some, most, well, not most. Some of us are auditory learners. Just tell me the words. Bottom line. Some of you are auditory learners. You understand and you learn by words or language. God speaks to your inner man and you process it or translate it in your mind into words or language. And so when God says something, though it's pre-verbal, it becomes verbal because you process it. And, And here's the thing that most of us don't understand. We all have different definitions of words. So I say it in a word, and Connie hears it, that's not what I meant. How many of you know your wife has lived with you? She ought to know what you mean. She's lived with me this long, she ought to know. How many guys have you ever said it wrong? Okay? Well, I've said it wrong. Well, how am I supposed to say it? Well, you're supposed to say it right. According to her language. So we're visual. We have a picture or we have language. Then there's another that's called kinesthetic. Tactical is another word. Kinesthetic. It's people who learn by impression or feeling. They, they get this. God speaks to their inner man. And they have this sense or this experience And they may not put language to it, but they know they have this impression they either need to do something or not do something, or they need to search into this further. They just have this. The Scripture says it many different ways. In Acts it says, and it seemed good to us. It seemed good to us to go here. It seemed good to us to do this. So there are three kinds of ways. You hear it first, probably pre-verbal, but it's when you begin to respond to it That it becomes more. And biblical faith comes by hearing the utterance and responding to the utterance of Christ. Okay? Faith comes. Now, the reason I'm saying all of this is because I want you to understand. God's revelation always calls for a response from you. When you, my granddaddy used to call it the quickening. When God quickens you, when something's birthed inside of you, when something happens, you're responsible to, to respond to it, to obey it, to do whatever. But I want you to understand, every time God says something to you, it's, it's so you can say yes or no to it's a, it. It's calling you to respond. Faith is the proper response to what God is saying. Faith is my active response to the present tense revelation that God has just spoken to me. Faith is not me believing what somebody said to me that I should believe. Faith is not believing the prescription. Faith is not believing the words of pastor so and so. Faith is believing God. Who speaks to my spirit, who I translate through the way that he created me, and now I have yes or no. 
And I want you to understand, faith comes by hearing that utterance of Christ. You have the opportunity. You can either take hold of it or you can push it aside. Romans 10 is in the context of Paul telling us about Israel who had rejected Christ. Israel, who was the people of God and how it broke his heart. And you see that Paul, Romans 10, 17, talking about faith, is in the context of why Israel rejected Christ. If you look at the next verse, it says in verse 18, But I say, have they not heard? Yes, indeed. Paul is saying that all of Israel had heard. They had heard the voice of God, but they didn't believe. So, all hearing without the proper response doesn't produce faith. Okay? So, that made me question, if they heard the voice of God... You know, they ate with God on the mountain, remember, in the Old Testament? God spoke from the mountain. They heard, but they didn't believe. Why didn't they believe? Listen to Rome. Look at Romans 10, 21. But to Israel, he says, All day long I have stretched out my hands to a disobedient and contrary people. Disobedient. And contrary, your version may have uh, obstinate, disobedient. God's saying, all day long I've stretched out my hands, which means I've stretched out my mercy, I've stretched out my goodness, I've stretched out my, my being to a disobedient and contrary people. Disobedient does not mean a one act of irreverence or unbelief. It doesn't mean about one act. Disobedient, the word here means a stubborn refusal to obey. An unwillingness to be persuaded. An unwillingness to believe. Literally, disobedient here means unbelief. God spoke to them and they didn't believe. God spoke, they heard it, but they didn't believe. That word did not work together with their response to produce faith. Their response disqualified the very thing the Word was given for, that they would believe. A disobedient means a stubborn refusal to obey, an unwillingness to be persuaded. The word contrary or obstinate means to contradict what is said, to to speak against it or to debate it. Hearing did not produce faith in Israel because they had already decided not to obey and they argued and debated what they had heard. Does that ever sound like America? Well, I believe in God, not if you're arguing and debating and not if you're unwilling to respond. You may believe what you've read about the Bible, and you may believe what, you, what you've been told about Christ, but you don't believe Him. You see, faith is not believing something, it's believing someone. 
Biblical faith, the faith that saves you, is when uh, it comes from a response to the revelation that you've been given. If anything, this morning you ought to praise God that He's given you revelation. He's, he's literally, you responded to a God who opened up your world. So, if that's true, if disobedience and contrariness... Well, I'm not going to be contrary anymore, Connie. If this is true, then what is hearing that produces faith? Two things, just quickly. A readiness to respond and a willingness to listen. A readiness to respond is an active attitude of confidence in a loving Heavenly Father. It's an attitude of trust. Corey's testimony. It sounded just like God. Are you going to trust me? Or not? Are you going to trust me? Corey, do you... I'm I'm going to use you. Corey, do you have an attitude that you know I'm good, you know I'm right, and you know that what I'm doing is for the best, and will you trust me? A readiness to respond. And then a willingness to listen. Now you say, well, that sounds... You ought to listen first and then respond. No, no. Because if you don't have a readiness to respond, you won't have a willingness to listen. I can prove that by your kids. Carry out the trash. I'm busy. Carry out the trash. Okay. Later. If there's not a readiness to respond, there's no willingness to listen. And it doesn't matter what he's saying because you're not ready to respond. And let me tell you, if you don't have a readiness to listen and a willingness, uh, readiness to respond and a willingness to listen, you're not going to hear much from God. Now, he's speaking a lot, but you're not going to hear it. You remember? It's not that you're not getting the message. It's that you're not listening. You're not hearing. Faith comes by hearing. Isn't it amazing how many times Jesus said, Take heed how you hear. And he that hath ears, let him hear. And be sure that you hear what the Spirit is saying to the church in Revelation. We don't listen to debate or to make suggestions, but to respond. The Greek word for obey means to listen under. It is to submit to what you've heard. If you want to obey God, if you want to be a walking, obedient child, let me tell you, it's not that you do what you're supposed to do. It's that you've heard and respond to the one who's spoken to you. It's first an attitude, a hearing, a listening and a responding, and then it's action. Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of Christ. Now, I often assume that God's not speaking when in reality I'm not hearing. Because you hear what you're prepared to hear. The trouble is with the receiver, not the transmitter. Uh, how many of you remember AM radio? Anybody old enough? And our kids are saying, what's a radio? 
You mean an MP3 player? No. iPod, iPad, iPhone? I know. I'm talking about AM radio. You remember the AM that you had to tune in with the old Turner? Tuner? Turner, Tuner? You had to tune in and you had to get through all the static to finally tune into this. And let me, and then the God came out with FM. And FM was so much clearer, but it was a shorter distance. You could only listen. You know, AM, you might get 100 miles on an AM station. You might get 10 miles on an FM station. Why? Because at AM and FM was, the, the transmitter was a tower connected to the earth. I'm going somewhere. Hang on. That tower was producing a signal, and if you had a receiver that would receive that signal, you could get it as long as you were within the distance that the signal would reach. And then they came out with XM. AM, FM, kids, yeah, your mother and dad probably has a car that came with an XM radio. An XM radio, Sirius XM, is satellite radio. Okay? Satellite radio, you can start in Washington, D.C. and drive to San Francisco and listen to the same station the whole way. Why? Because this signal is coming from above. I think there's 13 satellites that's around the equator of the earth that your radio, and, and you have to have a subscription, and the subscription in your personal radio receives a signal from the satellite, and they communicate multiple times as you're listening. It's continually communicating in order for you to hear with clarity no commercials, which is a lie. But here's my point. AMFM is coming from the world. And it's, it's, it's always there. And you have to tune in, you know, da-da-da. XM is coming from above. It's coming from above. You have the receiver in Christ. You have the subscription. You've been paid for. You've been bought. That signal is coming. But here's the problem. We try to read the Word and we try to hear what God's saying with our towers that's been established in this world by our experience and our our history and and our tree teaching and our training. And so we're listening for God in the world. And when God says something from above, we tend to test it out by AMFM. In fact, there's a lot of people that won't even subscribe to XM because it costs too much. I'll just listen to talk radio. I'll listen to AM radio. Does anybody listen to AM radio? Yeah, we have a channel here in Lampasas. AM and FM. Now, all I'm trying to tell you is I want you to understand that what we've done is we've learned by experience to listen to the old channels, the old transmitters. God is giving transmitting from above. Don't keep testing what God is saying by the world system. 
Faith doesn't come by understanding. Faith comes by hearing. And hearing by the utterance of Christ who is above. If you're going to have biblical faith, it's not going to be because you figured it out. It's going to be because you have heard and responded and you're willing to do it. God will change your life. If you'll just get, listen, God is speaking a lot more than you think. Jesus is speaking XM and it's truth, but it's so different from FM, from our experience, from our feelings, from our perceived reality. Faith comes by hearing XM. It gives, it comes up from our heart, not our head. In fact, our head is often what's the last to get it. Why? Because it's not familiar or according to our practice. With our head, we know things about things. With our spirit, we know things. Everything we truly know of God comes by revelation through our spirit. It's XM. My encouragement this morning to you is tune in. Tune in. Let go of the familiar and hear the utterance of Christ. Read your Bible in a new revelatory way. Let Him speak the rainbow to you. I'm, I'm not saying do away with... I'm not, in fact, I believe Scripture is essential to hearing the voice of God. Not because it's written down, but because the Spirit makes it alive and speaks to you through it, and it's confirmed because it stands history, it stands time, and it stands scrutiny. The Word of God will speak by the Word of God. Did you get that play on words? The Word of God, Jesus, will speak by the Word of God, Grafe, Lagos, and faith comes. Here's my question. Do you have faith? Here's the better question. Do you hear in your spirit what God is saying? Not just what he said. It didn't say faith comes by having heard. Faith comes by hearing. It's a present tense response to a present tense revelation. Do you hear Him? Do you have a readiness to respond? To obey means to listen under. It doesn't mean do what you're told. It means to be submissive to what you've heard. A person can do what they're told and not be submissive to what they've heard. Do you hear? Are you willing to respond? And the third is, then let's be willing to listen. Let's bow in prayer. Father, we bless you and thank you for this day. We thank you for how you touch our lives. We thank you that right now in this room, faith is near. Faith is even in our heart, in our mind. It's, it's in our mouth. It's, it's closer than we know that faith that can move mountains is right here because of having heard, having 
hearing ears and a responding heart. Father, I'm asking that you would give us a measure of faith today to to respond to you. To respond and see your love and grace and power and demonstration. Father, I pray that you would birth faith into hearing ears this morning. That you would transform lives. Chris's word about somebody has received a word. That word is an invitation to believe and to see. Isaiah 55, 11 says that no word that God gives will return unto him void, but it's been sent out with a purpose and a plan and a power to perform it. God, send your word to us this morning. We turn our spirit to you. Even if my mind doesn't understand it, we turn our spirit to you and we say, Speak, Lord. Like Samuel, speak, Lord, your servant hears. Let your word penetrate and empower. Gift us with faith. Biblical, authentic, real faith for real life. And we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this week's message. For more information or to listen to past sermons, go to newcovenantlampasses.com.